0: So as Randy said, we're starting this uh, new series this week. You know, some of you are old enough to remember this. You know, there was a time when, like, whenever somebody won a big competition, you know, whether it was the Super Bowl or World Championship or whatever, you know, they'd had this thing that, oh, now that you've won the Super Bowl, where are you going to go? And the answer was? Disney, right? Yeah, so now that we've had Easter, we're not going to Disney. (laughs) Sorry. Bummer, right? Uh, what I can I say? But, but actually what we decided to do is we're going to start this new series. It's called Intentional Faith. It's based on a book by the same name by Alan Jackson. No, not that Alan Jackson. <laughs> it may be 5 o'clock somewhere. Might be 5 o'clock later on this afternoon for you, but not here, not now. So um, you'll notice this is A-L-L-E-N. Uh, became acquainted with him this past fall. We were at the New Room Conference at World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is a, a suburb of Nashville. And, uh, and it, it's a huge uh, church, has great operation all around the world. And uh, Alan is the pastor there. Uh, the church was started by his father. It's kind of an interesting thing. His, his dad started with a, a Bible study and that grew into the church. His dad is actually a veterinarian. That's what his training is in. But he started this church, and it kept growing. And, and Alan, while had grown up in the church and then had gone off to school and gotten a law degree and was practicing law, and his dad came to him one day and said, uh, you know, Alan, the, you know, the church has gotten so big, I, I'm, I'm not able to keep up with what I need to do there and still keep my veterinary practice going. I just sense that God is calling you to take over this church. <laughs> so you're, you may use that with, you know, right? I sense that God is calling you, uh, and, and so Alan became a pastor of this church, and and we met there. And so we we met and had worship in their uh, worship space. I think we had I think about twenty seven hundred was what the final count ended up being uh, of us that came and attended and worshiped there. And we didn't quite fill the room. There was still some space in the room, so it was. Maybe two, two and a half times the size of this space uh, that we were meeting in. And and it was a great time. And and he spoke a couple times and I got to visit with him a little. And I just loved, he's just very down to earth. Uh, in the way he talks about his faith, uh, which I appreciated. And the book is written in that style. Uh, if you want to get it and follow along, you can order it on Amazon. Uh, it's widely available. It's not hard to read. It's not a de- it's not big, fancy theological words or anything like that. It's it's a very accessible uh, piece of work. So uh, I just invite you, if you really want to do that, to uh, do that. Or maybe your Sunday school class would like to, uh, to pick up a copy. But as the, as the cover says, it, it's about aligning your life with the heart of God. And so in this post Easter season. Uh, We're going to spend several weeks uh, kind of walking with Alan through his material in this book about what it means to live our faith intentionally. Let's pray. So Father, here we come Uh, in the midst of the Easter season. uh, The presence uh, of you is with us in so powerful ways, and your light and your life fills us. So uh, we're just asking you to continue to lift us up as we walk through this and and help us know what it means to live into the power of the resurrection in this life. Uh, This morning, may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So, uh, <clears throat> Alan says that the, kind of the genesis for this book came at the intersection of two statements. And the first one is, life is harder than I would prefer. Can I get an amen? amen. Anybody feel that way? Yeah, really? I mean, you know, right, right now, uh, about once a day, I'll, I'll tune into the news and get the latest news on the Ukraine. And uh, it, it's, it's just consistently difficult and, and disgusting. Comforting for me uh, to see what's going on over there, and I I struggle with that. Uh, But really, you know, even even when things like that aren't going on, we we still have things we wrestle with, don't we? I mean, life can still be a challenge, can't it? I mean, it's still tough. I mean, that the kid that child that you know you used to be so close to grows up and hits a certain age, and all of a sudden they don't want to talk to you anymore. They want anything to do with you, and they're pretty clear that you're dumb as a stick, right? (laughs) You know how, you know, with that, and, and, you know, we laugh about it, and yet it's kind of hurtful, isn't it? It hurts that, that they, they were so close to you and now they don't want to be. Or the parent who's always been there for you and supported you and lifted you up and you've always relied on, and now all of a sudden you find the roles are reversing as their faculties diminish and you're having to be the parent to them. And that's uncomfortable for you and it's uncomfortable for them. Right. Or or the supervisor or the employee you supervise at work that drives you crazy. Right. You're frustrated with them every day. You don't get it. You don't communicate well with them. And yet you have to put up with them day after day until finally you find yourself thinking, I have got to find another job. Life is too short to put up with this. Right. Right. Those of you that got school-aged kids, you know, the, the whirlwind of activities where you're trying to keep up with everything, and you feel like you, you need to have a separate calendar for each child to keep up with all their activities and where they have to be and when they have to be there, and what do you have to do to get ready for that, and what are you supposed to bring, and what are you supposed to pay for, right? And it just gets to be Overwhelming. I mean, aside from the, the dramatic stuff that we see you know, on television and we focus on sometimes, you know, just, just everyday life is harder than I would prefer. Right? It's true. So, so how do you hold that reality in tension with the next statement, which is that God is good? How do you affirm the goodness? How do you live the goodness? How do you reflect the goodness of God? even when life is harder than you would prefer and that's what drove alan to start working on this book the, the kind of coming together of those two statements and he said how how do we do that he said, because there's there's people that make this look easy they make it look easy to be christians even in difficult times so how do we get there I, I was thinking about that, you know, how these people that make that look easy and all that. And what it reminded me of, uh, I went back to uh, watch a little clip from the Winter Olympics. I don't know if y'all follow all this stuff. Uh, but one of the people I thought about was Sean White. Now, some of you know Sean White's a, a snowboarder and a, an aerialist on the snowboard. And he, he has like three Olympic gold medals and I don't know how many world championships. And so this last Olympics was the last time he was competing. And this is his last run of his last Olympics. Well, if you're a, a sport enthusiast and you haven't heard of Sean White, you're in the minority. He's, he's one of the greats of any sport, a three-time gold medalist. And here he is at 35. Now they're not talking about him so much about winning on this occasion, but he's got other ideas. He comes to compete, sets a very high standard for himself. And what a pleasure it is to have him again. White on his way. yeah. Oh, and he's lost it towards the end. Uh, uh. I don't know. When when you watch him, you know, and he does those first couple of maneuvers where he's going up and doing those aerials. he makes it look so easy, doesn't he? Did you find yourself thinking, hey, I bet I could do that. (laughs) And then he, he... He falls on the last one. Now, you remember that that half pipe he's on, the side walls of that are 20 feet tall, and he's clearing them by about 15 to 20 feet. So when he lands and he comes back down, he's coming down about 30 or 40 feet. Think how hard that landing was onto ice. Kind of like if you just, you know, rode your skateboard off the roof of the building here, right? I mean, he makes it look so easy because he's been doing it since he was 15. He's been competing at this level for 20 years. He's worked at it. He's practiced. He's honed his skills over a long period of time. That kind of stuff just doesn't happen. And those of you that, that watch, you know, uh, athletic kinds of events, you know, when, when you have somebody that makes it look easy, that's how you know they're really, really, really good at what they do. Because they make it look easy, and you find yourself sitting there thinking, well, I, I could do that, until they fall or something happens, and then you think, Oh no! No, nah, mm, uh-uh, mm, I'm not doing that. No, no, no way. I mean, he's been working at this for 20 years to get to this level where he's so graceful and so powerful in what he does. But even after 20 years, he fell. He fell. I mean, when we talk about intentional faith, we're talking about investing ourselves into something over a long period of time. That word intentional, uh, deliberate, purposeful. It's living our faith in ways that are deliberate and purposeful. It's not about what we can do tomorrow. It's about what we do over the long haul and living in a way that over the long haul allows us most of the time to live our faith graciously, but also recognizes that there's going to be times when you're going to miss the jump. There's going to be times, no, no matter how, how long you've been doing this, there's going to be times you're going to fall. You know, most of the people that I think of when I'm, I'm thinking about this, that I think you know, have such grace about how they live their faith out, are people who have been investing themselves deliberately in, in God for, for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or 50 years. And most of the time, they really do make it look easy, which is amazing and inspiring to me. But every once in a while, you know, you see them fall and you realize uh, that that takes a tremendous amount of investment to get to that point. You've got to walk closely with God for a long time before you can can do this so well and and so easily. I mean, when we watch somebody like a Sean White, you know, we we're seeing a master at work. But even even those of us that are really good make mistakes. So I want to read you, this is a, this is a passage from Paul. He's writing to the church in Philippi, which is a group of people he loves dearly. I mean, he's, he's really fond of this congregation. They have a special place in his heart. And, and he's writing to them and encouraging them. And he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And I'm pretty sure almost everybody would say, yeah, I want, I want to know Christ. I want to know this. I want to know that power of the resurrection. I want to be there. I want to be in the midst of that. And then Paul continues. Not, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on to their goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I mean, this is Paul. This is the apostle of the early church. The planner of churches all around the Mediterranean. And he's saying, I'm not there yet. But I'm leaning into God for all I've got. I'm leaning into God with everything I have. And trusting that God will take me there. That's deliberate, purposeful living. Now, now this is the other part of that. Uh, Alan, one of the comments he makes in this about you know, being deliberate and purposeful and doing that over a long period of time, is he also says, you know, it can't simply be sincerity, wanting, and wishing. That that's not enough. You know, if you watch Sean White and you say, boy man, I really wish I could do that. I really want to do that. And you go out and you buy a, skate, uh, a snowboard tomorrow and you try to do it. I'll come visit you in the hospital. Okay? It's not enough, right? So Alan tells a story when he was young, his dad is still a practicing veterinarian, and, uh, and they get a call one night that, that one of the farmers has a cow that's down. Uh, she's having a calf and has run into problems, and she's down in the field. And so he packs his stuff in his pickup truck, and, and he goes to his son and says, Alan, you want to come along with this and help me? And Alan said, sure. So they load up, and they head out to this guy's farm. When they get there, sure enough, this cow is out in the middle of the field, uh, down on her side, laboring, trying to deliver this calf that won't come. And, uh, and, you know, they, they get out there and, and his dad pulls out all this equipment. Now, some of you watch these veterinary shows on TV. You know what I'm talking about now. But, you know, they have this piece of equipment that goes around the cow's haunches and there's a chain that hooks onto the calf. And then they, they kind of ratchet it out of the cow. Uh, it's kind of gross to watch. But, you know, um, but, but, you know they, they do this and, and the calf doesn't survive. But the cow does, so the farmer doesn't lose both of them. And Alan says this. He says, that night there was me and the farmer and my dad in that field, and all three of us wanted with every fiber of our being to save the life of that cow and, if possible, to save the life of that calf. But my dad was the only one that knew what to do. Sincerity, wanting, and wishing are not enough. Part of of intentional faith is living your life in a way that that helps you develop the skills to be in contact with God, to stay in touch with God, to allow God's life to flow into your life. It's not just about wanting to do it, it's actually about living in a way that allows that to happen. And hear this, uh, when we do that, when we reach out to God, we do so in confidence that God wants, wants to be in our life, God wants to be in connection with us. Uh, Hebrews, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Deuteronomy, um, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. You can find God. God will allow you to find him. Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And then Matthew, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, When, when we start to seek God, when we start to, to long for God, when we start to reach out to God, Scripture tells us that God is there. God wants to meet with us. God wants to be with us. God wants us to find him. God makes himself known to us. And intentional faith is about positioning ourselves in such a way that we're seeking and we're ready for God's face to shine into our lives in different kinds of ways. Now, I'm going to say a few more things about some of this as we're kind of getting started here this morning. Uh, first off, I want, I want to be really clear. This is just not about uh, making another checklist of things you have to do, okay? So, you know, checking the box for all the different things you have to do. I mean, first off, you know, at different points in life, that, that's easier or, or harder. You know, we're at the point now uh, where, you know, we're grandparents, and, uh, and so, you know, our lives are a little more relaxed. You know, when our grandchildren give us trouble, we just give them back to their parents. It's great. It's a lot easier than parenting, Right? You know, but, but you know, there's those. The, some of you are in that place where you've got kids at home, and I mean, I mean you know, you're, you're peddling as fast as you can, trying to keep up with everything. And sometimes you're meeting yourself coming and going, you don't know which way is up. And the thought of having to try to do something else is simply overwhelming. So I want you to hear, this is not about making a checklist of things to do. And, and different ones of us, different ones of us will need to do things in different ways. Because at different stages in our lives... We have different amounts of time available. We have different resources to bring to this. So as we work our way through this, you need to shape this the way that it fits your life. Don't don't make it a cookie cutter kind of thing, but but shape it in a way that that fits you and fits your life. With the needs that you have and and with the time and the resources you have. But the other part of that is I, I don't want you just to turn this into a list of things to do. Um, I did the Alpha Talk yesterday afternoon. Some of you were there, uh, and we talked about uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that Nicky Gumbel says I like so much is that he says, when, when we start talking about this, he says, don't seek the manifestations. That's not what we seek. We seek God. It's not about going through the things so you can check them off your list. It's about connecting with God. It's about seeking God and finding God. Years ago, one of my uh, high school students uh, made this statement. She talked about it this way. She said uh, her faith was not simply another thing uh, uh, on her to-do list, but rather it was the paper on which all her to-dos were written. It's this, this underlying relationship with God that we're trying to build that then shapes everything else in our lives and brings purpose and life to everything else in our lives. It's not a to-do list. It's, It's about connecting with God and inviting God into your life and letting the life of God shine into your life. That's what we're going to be talking about as we go through the next couple of weeks. So uh, if you pick the book up and read it, it'll it'll be real apparent to you as you read through it how uh, he'll talk about that. But but just understand that don't don't reduce it down to just, oh, gosh, I have to try to do X, Y, or Z. Understand that it's, it's going to be what works in your life at the place you are now, at the time you are now in your life. And it will change. It will change over time. And different things will look different to you. So, as we start on this, this first week, here's, here's a few questions that Alan throws out, and I want to share these with you just for you to kind of start meditating on. These will be up on the website uh, during the week once all this stuff gets loaded up. Uh, examine your life. Start by looking at your life. What are the areas in your life where you've desired growth and pursued it with intention? Your business, for a lot of people, yes. Fitness, for some of us, yes. Influence, yes. Marriage, yes. Your spiritual life, yes. I mean, those are areas where you want to pursue that, but how are you doing with that? List the godly people in your life who've pursued spiritual growth. What characteristics mark their growth? What is it you see when you look at them? And then commit to asking God each day to show you the areas of your life where you need spiritual growth. And as you go about your day, take note of how He is growing you in those areas so that you have an awareness of where God is moving. Okay. This is the beginning of a journey. We're going to be on for several weeks. But this is what I want you to hear. <laughs> Scripture tells us that when we see God, when we seek God, God will, will meet us there. And what we want to do over these next couple of weeks is invite the risen Christ to meet with us face to face and let God's light and life shine into our lives. Let's pray. Mighty Father, we come this morning. We bring ourselves before you in this season of the resurrection. Uh, We want the power and the light and the life of the resurrected Christ to shine through us. And so we ask you to open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to all that you would teach us over these next few weeks. Hear us as we come because we are seeking to see your face. and We are asking you to shine your light and love into our lives. And we ask this in the name of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.